<laughs> All right, Thursday, October 7th, 2021. Today, from our news team, Twitch is super leaky all of a sudden, or, or maybe not all of a sudden. More clues pointing to Grand Theft Auto remasters coming out, and the Xbox Connect might be making a comeback. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. Like I said, this is the Culture Jacked News Desk. Uh, again, Dustin filling in for Archimedes Abigail, who is still uh, missing. We don't know where he is, but we hope he's doing well. Uh, or we hope at least the shelter that he's dug into the side of a of a tree is, uh, <laughs> is a good one. If this is your first time uh, on the News Desk, welcome. Welcome to this show. And this is one of several shows on the Culture Jack podcast. We've got this show, the news desk, the Friday show tomorrow. We've got on today's episode that sometimes we do on Saturday. We've got the weekend wire for movie news on Sunday. And then Anthony uh, starts your week off on on Monday with Monday uh, madness. I, <laughs> I it took me a couple minutes to get going on this show. Like I realized that it's not out. You know, after the stroke of midnight, like I have the last couple of times, but I was designing the show today. I was pulling out news articles and clips and information and things that I thought you'd be interested in in the video gaming world. And every five minutes or so, I was just having one of those times where I'm pulling these articles. You know, kids are off at school. I've got the house to myself. And I'm pulling these articles. And then I, I pull my phone out and I'm on TikTok for five or 10 minutes. I'm like, focus, man, focus. And I get back onto the, onto the articles and I'm pulling stuff out for the news desk here. And I decide I need to check my bank account for no, no reason. Nothing's coming out today. Nothing's going in today that I know of. I just like, I just want to know how much moolah I've got in the old bank. And then I'm like, well, I, I better go uh, make the bed. And I'm just having one of those very distracted days where I'm just pulling myself apart for no apparent reason whatsoever. And so it took me a long time. <laughs> I probably spent, I don't know, four hours just putting all my stuff together for this show. Uh, whereas usually that would take me, you know, 20, 30 minutes and then I'd get it, get it going and I'd be able to record it. But regardless, I'm here. I'm not distracted anymore. I'm recording. Um, wouldn't that be a bad time? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a bad time to get distracted uh, during during the actual recording of the thing? And I pull my phone out now and now I'm like looking at TikTok and, and looking at uh, social media and seeing how uh, all of my cryptocurrency investments are doing <laughs> at the moment. Oh, speaking of, we just, we just, 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 just. We just on Monday released our 200th numbered episode for Culture Jack. So if you did not get, get an opportunity to listen to that episode, go back, uh, check it out. It's it's pretty dang good. Uh, I got an opportunity to hang out with Anthony for that show, for a bunch of other shows that you're going to be hearing in the upcoming weeks on the Friday show and Monday Madness. But we got to hang out for a couple of days. We played some Halo Infinite. We watched Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Like, it was a real good time. And, uh, and yeah, that 200 episodes out, and he let me sit in on the Weekend Wire this week. So I got to co-host that one, which was kind of nice as well. And so we had a... My dog just slid off the couch in a... Uh, <laughs> Very dramatic fashion. Now she's going to go drink some water. She's completely silent for two hours, just laying on the couch, chilling. And then it's when I turn on the microphone that she's like, well, let me let me get into your into your business. I don't know if you can hear it that well. If not, that's probably for the best. But that's <laughs> that's going to be my introduction uh, for the the news desk. And with all that being said, let's let's jump in. Let's take a peek at the news. All right, so I pulled a few uh, headlines, as I am wont to do, off of GamingBolt.com. Uh, the first one is Final Fantasy 16 main scenario is complete, and the side quests are nearly finished. And that's coming from producer Naoki Yoshida. Uh, he also revealed that the character models are also almost finished, and the developer is focusing on overall polish. 
Uh, so that's good news. Um, I mean, it's good news for PlayStation fans. Final Fantasy 16 is not at least initially releasing onto the Xbox. But I, I'm sure it will at some point, just like Final Fantasy 15 did, just like uh, these older Final Fantasy games are now on Game Pass. We will at some point get Final Fantasy 16 on the Xbox. I mean, I mean, maybe because Final Fantasy 7, the remake has still not appeared on the Xbox. I would love for it to, even though I have it on PlayStation 4. I'm, as you all know, I'm not a PlayStation guy. As I mention every time I talk about video games, I don't know why I feel the need the need to do that. Uh, we had a bunch of stuff come out of the Tokyo Game Show that I completely, honestly, forgot was happening at all. So I'm going to do a separate episode. Uh, maybe I'll do it on the episode next week where I talk exclusively about the Tokyo Game Show. I think this was one of them that came out of the Tokyo Game Show. I, I did a quick look over a lot of the announcements from that show, and a lot of them are, <laughs> surprise, surprise, they are JRPG, very very heavily RPG-driven games like your Final Fantasies, like your Monster Hunters, um, like this one, The Arise of Awakener. And I watched part of the trailer for this one. I mean, it looks good. It looks fine. Um, it looks like a, a co-op RPG of some kind. Maybe, maybe not quite an MMORPG, but... Oh, man, I just got... <laughs> I just got hit with a case of the tires. What happened there? <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, yeah, it looks like a looks like a, a pretty standard RPG, medieval action RPG. Looks like there's magic and might in it uh, as well. Okay, I've got two rumors here, two Hideo Kojima rumors. Uh, one of them is that Hideo Kojima is working on an Xbox game, and that's not a new rumor. That's a rumor that we have. We've heard before that I've talked about before on this show, uh, but an update to that rumor, a, a way to make this rumor a little more multifaceted and a little more dynamic than it was, this rumor is claiming that his game that he is working on is an existing IP. So it is an existing property within maybe the Xbox universe or maybe within uh, universes general. In general, uh, it's most likely not that Silent Hill game that we were talking about, but I did listen to another podcast that was talking about him potentially remaking the uh, potentially remaking the Metal Gear Solid games, or at least remastering them, with Metal Gear Solid 3 having a complete do-over remake, which would be awesome. I would love to play those games. There's a difference between remasters and remakes. And I, I'll talk about those in a little bit when I talk about Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the other rumor is that Kojima Productions is working on a new Silent Hill game, but this time funded by Sony. So for, for PlayStation. So who knows what uh, Hideo Kojima is doing. It is so nice to see, though, that after his unceremonious departure and removal from Konami that Hideo Kojima has has done so well for his own personal brand and his artistry to include, you know, Death Stranding and then these other potential games, which I'm sure there's there's something to. Elden Ring is in the final stages of development, so says from software. Uh, it says that it's on track for its planned January 2022 launch for PlayStation, Xbox and PC, which is good. Um, it's going to be a really big game. It's going to be very popular. It's going to be very popular on the streaming circuit. So expect to see a lot of your favorite gaming streamers uh, take up Elden Ring as well. Metroid Dread's file size is just 4.1 gigabytes. Now, this game is coming out on October 8th and 4.1 gigabytes is in this in this current gaming sphere that we all live in is absolutely unheard of. I mean, if you think of any of the big first-person shooters, any of these big uh, AAA blockbuster Call of Duty games, and I talked about it with Anthony on one of the shows. It might not have been it might not have aired yet, but we talked about it a little bit this last weekend where a a full game like a the, the Halo Infinite multiplayer test flight that I just downloaded onto my onto my Xbox was 22 gigabytes. 
And that was just for a, a beta run test. Like a full game is 100 gigabytes, 120 gigabytes for like a Red Dead Redemption or like a Call of Duty with Call of Duty Warzone as well. So 4.1 gigabytes is just crazy to me. And I know it's a like a 2D side-scrolling Metroid. Obviously, it's a Metroid-style game because it's Metroid Dread. But it's a very simple game. But still, in this day and age, it just it blows my mind that we can have a 4.1 gigabyte game. That game comes out tomorrow, October 8th. Hopefully, you're excited about it. My wife's going to head up to... Uh, uh, Seldotna to go, <laughs> to go get her hands on a, uh, a Nintendo OLED switch, you know, the new switch model that's come out. So I'm very excited on seeing that kind of getting my hands on it, seeing what it looks like. Metroid prime one remaster is a very ambitious project and has been in development since 2018. This is a rumor come from, uh, Nate Drake. Um, and he says it's been in the works for several years at this point. Again, I'm very excited to see Metroid Prime uh, remake. I never got an opportunity with those games, but my brother was a very big fan of the uh, Metroid Prime games. Halo Infinite campaign had, had this executive uh, from Xbox, quote, smiling all weekend. Um, that was Aaron Greenberg. He says he recently went hands-on with the shooter's campaign and came away with positive impressions. Uh, so that's the campaign. I I'm glad to hear that uh, someone that's working on Halo Infinite thinks that Halo Infinite is a good game. That's always reassuring when you have the creator saying that it's pretty okay. Uh, I did get an opportunity to participate in this last weekend's Halo Infinite uh, multiplayer test flight. I, Like I said, I was hanging out there with Anthony up at his house, and we got a chance to play several rounds, not as many as we probably would have liked to. Uh, you know, we had to make podcasts for you fine people. But we did get to play a, a few, and it was really good, man. It was very... Um, it was very nostalgic, the way that the characters moved. Obviously, it was a beautiful game. I'm playing on the Xbox Series X, um, all of the assets, all of the the flora, um, and the fauna, I believe. I believe there were ravens as well. And you, yes, you could shoot them. <laughs> we had to test it out. For anyone that's reporting us that's that's drafting that angry uh, tweet to PETA right now, stop it. Stop it. You have to test these things out. You have to see if you can shoot the uh, the bottles off the tables in games. You have to see if you can shoot the small animals that appear in your games. You have to see what the, the gunshots look like in the wall, the bullet holes that you make. Otherwise, what are you even doing? You're not even appreciating the artistry that went behind making their uh, being these possible interactions between you and the small animals and the bottles and the wall. I remember in Goldeneye playing that as a youth, uh, we would, we would all like, you could draw things in the wall with your bullet holes, but after you made so many, the game would only tolerate so much before it started erasing your original bullet holes. Um, and that's been a that's been a part of my first person shooter experience ever since. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, they revealed their final DLC character and drum roll please. It's Sora, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. If you uh, played any of the Kingdom Hearts game, you'll know who I'm talking about. Anime character, big hair, big giant, Keyblade style weapon, but he is the final. DLC character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, um, which isn't surprising. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. A lot of people are very excited about this announcement. I don't mean to under uh, pin any of their excitement or underplay any of their uh, ex excitement, but Waluigi would have been the one. Waluigi would have been the one. I, and there's no telling that uh you know Sakurai and Nintendo and the team can't come back and add more characters to Super Smash Bros Ultimate. Maybe they do one a year as like a a bonus. I don't I don't know. But I did look up the game uh the game's character count 
And some of these characters are very similar. They play very similarly with, you know, just very small differences. Um, but the, the game has a character count, a fighter count of, I believe it was 86 players, 86 characters in a fighting game. That's absolutely unheard of. And yes, many of them do use the same kinds of mechanics, but you have such dramatically different characters. You've got all of the, obviously the Nintendo properties, you've got the Kirby's and the, and the Mario's and the the links and the Zeldas and, and, and stuff like that. But you've also got all of these different anime characters from these Japanese RPG games. The, uh, what is it? The fire? Oh gosh, I'm going to forget the something fire, something game. Uh, what is that game? Good Lord. I don't know, but you got all these anime characters. You've got metal gear, uh, not Metal Gear Solid, obviously. You've got Solid Snake. You've got Cloud Strife. You've got Mega Man. You've got the Duck Hunt Dog. You've got Banjo and Kazooie. Um, Donkey Kong. You've got all of these characters. Then to include uh, Sora uh, from from Kingdom Hearts. I think it's just, it's really cool. It's really unprecedented. And I don't think a, a game of any stripe, much less a fighting game will achieve uh, a level of magnitude that super smash bros ultimate has, has achieved. And though I'm not at like a, a hardcore uh, smash bros ultimate uh, player, I do appreciate the fact that so much work has gone into it, into making this wonderful mashup fighting game. All right. Speaking of Nintendo, Nintendo switches OLEDs new dock reportedly supports 4k and 60 frames per second output. And so this is by a recent teardown analysis of the new machine. So is this to say, because this is not really a next-gen Nintendo Switch, this is an upgraded version of the Nintendo Switch with maybe a little bit better battery life, a little bit nicer screen, a little bit better display, but really the guts of this thing are very similar to the previous models of Nintendo Switch. So if this... Uh, if the dock that the Nintendo Switch goes in does support these higher resolutions and these higher frame frame rates, does that mean that the next time we get a Nintendo Switch, when we get that half-step upgrade to the Nintendo Switch, when we finally do, we won't have to get a new dock, right? That's what it means. I mean, at least if you have this dock, maybe the older dock will not work with a, a future version of the Nintendo Switch, but this one very well may. Uh, so Sucker Punch's stealth platforming series has been dormant since 2013, Thieves in Time. Of course, I'm talking about Sly Cooper is potentially getting a revival, so claims an insider. Bullets Per Minute is now out on uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. That's from Ah Interactive. It's like a roguelike first-person shooter. I could have swore I played a bullets-per-minute style game, or I think it was named that even, on the Xbox 360. Uh, it was like a it was a first-person shooter. The, the main character swore a lot, and he uh, kicked people with his foot. Is that the same game? Am I experiencing a, a Mandela effect right now that that this game was actually released on the 360, but then when they redid the Matrix and they updated all of their um, all of their code within our world, that this game was actually going to be released now instead on um, Xbox One and PlayStation 4? Or is this an old game that's getting a remaster? I'm having a real freaked out moment right now because I had this game for Xbox 360, and I remember going to play it at one point, and it, and it be missing... I did have a brother that was living in my parents' house with me at the time who may or may not have sold many things to the pawn shop in our area, but I could have swore I played this game before. Kingdom Hearts series is coming to the Nintendo Switch with multiple cloud releases, so it looks like we're getting uh, the uh, the trilogy for, for Kingdom Hearts, which is good for people that have not played it and would like to play it. I, I'm, I'm sure the Nintendo Switch graphically could handle the, the heavy weight that the Kingdom Hearts series puts down. But it's a great series, a little bit convoluted and confusing, especially when you get into Kingdom Hearts 2 
and especially when you consider the fact that all of these Kingdom Hearts games have had mobile release games and they've had handheld games, uh, DS, uh, PSP version games that all tie into the main story. So if you want to get the full Kingdom Hearts story, at the very least, you're going to have to go look onto a wiki or you're going to have to watch a review and recap about Kingdom Hearts in order to catch yourself up. Here's a, a cool piece of news. Battlefield's 2042's PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S standard editions will also include the last generation versions of those games, which is super cool because they were waffling on it a little bit. Uh, I, I remember before, uh, but now they're coming back and saying that, yes, it is going to be a forward compatible game or a backwards compatible game. You are going to get to get a play it uh, when you buy it on whatever generation console you have. Um, this is good. And, it, and it's an addition to the ongoing, the ongoing argument, I guess the on ongoing fight for forward compatibility and backwards compatibility and free upgrade paths, you know, control and remedy. They had that notorious, upgrade path where if you bought the control game previous you would not get the newer version of the game but if you brought bought the control uh, game previous that was like the deluxe edition the uh, definitive edition the game of the year edition whatever uh, then you would get the upgrade path for the next generation consoles and so I, I like to see that they are moving these upgrade paths uh out and forward because that is also going to allow game developers to make versions of the game that run distinctly different on the Xbox Series and PlayStation 5. Uh, Battlefield 2042, I'm, I'm also really looking forward to that game. Uh, so we've got a couple leaks here about a GTA Remastered Trilogy and uh, the Rockstar launcher has been <laughs> kind of notorious in spoiling these things for us, or at least uh, they're the leaky, the leaky parts of this. Um, they gave some achievement icons that seem to hint toward the release of uh, GTA Remastered. So they've got Grand Theft Auto uh, 3, the definitive edition, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the def definitive edition, and uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And that also leaked uh, from the uh, Rockstar launcher. It leaked all three of those uh, logos as well. So that's kind of kind of interesting. Um, the thing about remasters is it's a it's a fresh coat of paint on an old jalopy. Eventually, you're going to play the game and you're going to be like, wow, this looks a lot better than I remember it looking. Uh, or it it stacks up to that nostalgic memory that you have to it and be like, oh, yeah, this looks like the game that I played. The thing that's not as easy to do, it seems, in these remasters is the way the game feels, the way the game plays. And it plays differently than you than games do now, That than the nostalgic feeling that you have in your mind because the controls are going to be a little more clunky. They're going to be a little less responsive. The uh, the vibrations in the controller aren't going to be as reactive to you, the player, or are are going to have uh, like intuitive menus or loading times. Like all of the things in an old game that have been improved so much in the last decade, in the last two decades, are not present in remasters. Typically, typically it's a fresh coat of paint. It's a, a new shiny exterior that belies the fact that you are still playing an older game. So Animal Crossing is going to get a Nintendo Direct specifically to New Horizons set for October 15th. Uh, so Animal Crossing fans look forward to that. Twitch has suffered a massive leak and security breach. A recent VGC report has revealed that nearly all of Twitch's internal data has been made public to download via a torrent on 4chan. Uh, so Twitch, uh, from the article from Gaming Bolt, says, is reportedly aware of this hack and has confirmed so in a tweet. It's believed that the data may have been stolen as recently as this last Monday. The perpetrators have also revealed the intent behind this leak so as to, quote, foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming space. 
because, quote, their community is a disgusting, toxic cesspool. What measures will ultimately be taken is unknown for now, and users are advised to proceed with caution on any matters associated with the platform. Now, they haven't said that uh, Twitch has released any passwords or user user information in that way, uh, but they are still recommending that uh, Twitch users reset their Twitch passwords just to just to make sure uh, to play it on the safe side. So Twitch put out in a tweet. We can confirm a breach has taken place. Our teams are working with urgency to understand the extent of this. We will update the community as soon as additional information is available. Thank you for bearing with us. So part of this leak includes payment to uh, their, their streamers and the gross payouts of the uh, top 100 highest paid Twitch streamers from August 2019 till October 2021 uh, was posted on Twitter uh, by a, a character named Know Something at Know Something. Uh, that's where I got the, the tweet anyway. I'm sure this is regurgitated information, uh, but there are kind of some of your standard standard folks, you know, looking like the, the top top money makers are are three to five million three to five million dollars. And then it's funny, too, because I've seen some videos where they're making fun of streamers that are not making as much as we all thought that they were. And so they're they're going on to their live streams and they're giving them donations and they're saying, hey, I work at McDonald's. You know, you need this more than I do. And they give them a twenty dollar donation or something along along those lines. So they're they're chiding them a little bit. Uh, overall, I think not that I'm in favor of, you know, uh, people being hacked or people being doxxed uh, or information being leaked or security systems being broken by people that know how to use their computers very well. I am excited about the potential for uh, competition from, you know, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or an up and coming social media platform or streaming site that could use this information. I mean, Twitch is the biggest game name in the name in the business. And by this information being leaked, it will only force them to be more competitive. It'll, it, it will allow their competitors to get in touch with some of these streamers and say, hey, we can we saw how much you make. We can do better than better than that. So who knows? Maybe this kind of competition will drive uh, better market value for the entertainment that these streamers provide. So. You may or may not know this year is the 20th anniversary of Xbox. Uh, Microsoft is part partnering with Adidas for Xbox themed sneakers. They also have done a 20th anniversary commemorative Xbox controller and Xbox headset as well. Now, this news doesn't mean anything to me, but Anthony, if you're listening, this may mean something to you. This may be very important. This may be very exciting to you. Uh, I am not an automotive guy. I'm not a car guy. But Gran Turismo 7 announces Brembo as official partner in Breaking System. So apparently in this game, and if it's like other Gran Turismo games, you can upgrade your vehicle. You can upgrade your racer. And when you do, you can replace different uh, parts uh, in the tuning shop in the game. And Brembo, uh, Brembo components are going to be in the game. So, so there you have it. If you're a, a racing fanatic, if you are a racing or driving simulator fanatic, or if you are my uh, co-host, Anthony, you know, this might be exciting news to you. To me, it means absolutely nothing. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy clip focuses on Cosmo, the telepathic Soviet space dog. Uh, so it's good to see. I watched that little clip. It was pretty funny. Um, Star-Lord Peter Quill is there. He's bargaining with Cosmo. Apparently you're going on some mission for him. And uh, you get an opportunity when Cosmo is asking how this tracker got onto his ship uh, to either throw Rocket the raccoon under the bus or cover for him and say there must be a misunderstanding of some kind, which I didn't, I guess I didn't realize when I saw the game first announced and in subsequent trailers and reviews and stuff. Uh, but I didn't realize that it was so much so an RPG, much in the vein of Mass Effect uh, or the Mass Effect games. So I, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm a lot more interested in this game, knowing that there's like specific quest lines that you can go on, and potentially with other Marvel characters, you could see some really cool cosmic, cosmic Marvel space stuff. I I think potentially. I got a few more articles from thegamer.com, and continuing on that Guardians of the Galaxy game kind of uh, role, Idos Montreal. The, uh, the developers behind it, they have moved their teams to a four-day work week. So it's, it's very much the opposite story that you have heard all through you know 2019 up, up through the last couple of years that gaming studios and developers are just pushing this massive crunch onto their employees to get that finished product as polished as possible before it heads out the door to, uh, to the gaming populace at large. This is kind of a a different direction. So they're moving to a 32-hour work week. Uh, and they say it's thanks to, you know, the remote work and a uh, kind of reevaluation of what work and uh, and family life balance, you know, means to their employees. And I, I think it's awesome, especially if uh, the, the wages have remained so that they can afford you know, to live. Cause that's very important. Uh, we only have, look guys, let me get real with you for a second here. We only have so much time in these, in these squishy flesh sacks that we call bodies here on this earth with other squishy flesh sacks that they call bodies. And if we can find a way to live this life and enjoy the things that we want to enjoy and not spend every waking moment on the grind, on the hustle, especially for someone else, for a uh, beneficiary who is also a beneficiary of your labor. I mean, do it. Do it to the best best of your ability. Do what you want, but enjoy enjoy life is all I'm saying. You know, the TPS reports, you know, they're important, but they're not everything. So kudos to Eidos Montreal for moving to that four-day uh, work week. We'll see how it works out for them, and we'll see what kind of other implications this has on the video game industry as a whole on to whether, uh, you know, other studios perk up and take notice and at the very least, uh, stop pushing out these 80, 90, 100 plus hour work weeks for their employees. Ubisoft has a new game out. Uh, Ghost Recon Frontline is a new battle royale game. Uh, and it is, <laughs> I watched the trailer. It's like any other battle royale game. It looks like it has a very big emphasis on uh, supply drops. And so you drop in heavy turrets and you drop in, uh, of course, you know, like weapons and, and ammo crates and that sort of thing. But you also drop in like it looks like a sniper tower, looked like a uh, large aerial lift that you dropped in. Guy climbed up. It was able to to snipe off a little little semi enclosed bunker wall fortress thing that they dropped in. So. Uh, you're, you're pretty standard battle Royale game. It's not like we need another battle Royale game, but it's not like that the, the genre is hurt by having another one. There is going to be a, a point though, where you have all of these battle Royale games, whether they're free to play or not with their respective uh, battle passes that you look to earn and level up with their respective uh, weapon wraps and character skins and background music and, and all of these bonuses that we get to a point where the the player base is so spread out that these companies are not going to see the returns that they that they want to and then that i think is when the battle royale genre is going to die off at least in the the form that it is presently it did say 100 plus players in battle royale so 100 players is pretty standard we'll see what that plus means i guess when the game gets closer to launch all right. Then from Game Ramp, we got a couple other articles here. There's a rumor out that a the day Dead by Daylight, the Day by Deadlight, uh, the Dead by Daylight developer could be working on an Xbox console exclusive game. So that is uh, Behavior is the developer there. It'd be interesting. Dead, Dead by Daylight is a very popular game. Not necessarily my cup of tea. I played it a couple of times. I, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sure just like any other game, it's got its um, uh, meta that you, once you play it, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out what, what the combinations of things are. It just wasn't, it wasn't my style of game. Another big thing from that Twitch leak, we talked about the Twitch streamer salaries. Yeah, that's, that's a thing for sure. But there is uh, another part of that leak that says that Twitch uh, may have revealed a Amazon Steam competitor called Vapor. Uh, so, you know, Steam has that digital PC storefront that they use. Well, Amazon is really kicking it into high gear with maybe a competitor to that called Vapor. And Amazon has had incredible success with a, a game recently, uh, New World, which I guess is a massively multiplayer online RPG. Um, but I haven't played it much. It looks pretty fun. It looks like people can get into your world. You can, you know, talk with NPCs. You can fight other players, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I guess it's it's been pretty successful here here as of late. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this, like if Vapor really is a thing, if it's something, um, you know, <laughs> Amazon's moving into gaming, Netflix is moving into gaming, uh, obviously Microsoft and Sony are, are deep into gaming. It'll be interesting to see how the gaming space evolves, this battlefield of gaming space, especially when it comes to uh, digital streaming uh, game options. And I think even those of us that like to use a, you know, hardlined, hey, here's our gaming console. This is where all of our stuff takes place. We're not online at all. All of that stuff is also going to be boosted by the ability to interact with big server farms that are hosted by these, these other gigantic corporations. Pokemon signs a deal. Pokemon. <laughs> if I didn't say that clearly enough, Pokemon signs a deal with Universal Studios to make a theme park. So if you're going over to Japan at some point in the near future, you may be able to see um, Pokemon. I think the, the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo world was also a universal joint operation, perhaps. And I guess it must be doing well if they're uh, talking about bringing Pokemon up as well. Oh, this is just a tweet that I... I stole there from at Sinoc229. They said, Grabbed Vapor, the codename for Amazon Steam competitor, seems to integrate most of Twitch's features as well as a bunch of game-specific support like Fortnite and PUBG. Also includes some Unity code for a game called Vape World, <laughs> which I assume is some sort of VR chat thing. Could be. Could be. Interesting. Uh, and then from The Verge, I got a couple articles here. YouTube cancels Rewind for good after years of everyone hating it, which I just thought was very funny. I've never had anything against YouTube Rewind, except every time that I go to watch one of the YouTube Rewind videos, I am completely unfamiliar with all of the characters and people that appear on the YouTube Rewind, like why it was important. It It's not uh, unusual for me to recognize only one or two people from those YouTube Rewinds because it constantly amazes me how two people could watch YouTube. They could be the same kind of uh, YouTube consumers and at the same time know none of the uh, know none of the same YouTube personalities because they all have fallen within their very specific niche on their side of YouTube. You know, oh, I'm on cooking YouTube. Oh, I'm on the makeup tutorial YouTube. Oh, I'm on home improvement YouTube. It, it just blows my mind that this service is so massive. It's not like uh, Netflix. Oh, shoot. I want to talk about Squid Game real quick. Um, it's not like Netflix where, yeah, these are the popular things going on on Netflix right now. YouTube is just, it's such a beast and it gets bigger and bigger minute by minute, day by day. Uh, okay, I guess I'll talk about Squid Game. I'm not going to spoil Squid Game, but I have been watching Squid Game. I'm only two episodes in, so I'm not very far in. Uh, it is excellent. It It is, uh, as, as, the, as the hype has dictated, it is a good show to watch. It is a Korean show, so you will be watching in subtitles or you will be watching uh, English dubs. Uh, I choose the subtitle route because I am not a heathen. As an anime fan, I have to, 
it, once any anime fan matures enough, they become a subtitle fan. I'm not going to poo-poo on a dubbed anime fan because, you know, I was there once myself. But once, you, once you're grown up in the anime world, <laughs> you will listen uh, to your, your Japanese anime in the original Japanese audio with subtitles. Similarly, you will listen to this uh, Korean show in uh, Korean with English subtitles also. It's very good. But the thing about Squid Game is it is a story that I have seen a dozen times in anime so far. Like you have seen it, uh, you know, unsuspecting victims get uh, get lured in, get trapped into a, a, a game that has very fatal repercussions when you do not succeed in the game or you do not abide by the rules. And that has taken many forms. It's taken the form of, you know, people putting on virtual reality gear that has full feedback, haptic body, nervous system suits, and they go into a game expecting to play this brand new fresh game. But, oh, turns out the creator of the game is a madman who has trapped everyone inside the game to fight. If they die in the game, they die in real life. I've seen game shows where all of them are teleported to a different area, and they're like, where is this place? And they say, you have to play this game or you will die. Uh, there was another one on Netflix that I saw recently, a live action. It was uh, Alice in Borderlands, I believe is what it was called. And, you know, these guys, they get moved to this city that's apparently empty, but then you're, they're called to compete in a game. If they get a playing card from winning the game, it'll give them a reprieve from having to fight in the games for, you know, however many days it says on that playing card. If they... If they don't, if they choose not to participate or they lose a giant laser beam from a satellite, will come down and fry them right away. So it's not like a new a, a new premise in in uh, I guess entertainment, but it is one that hasn't really gotten as much public attention as Squid Game. Now a lot of people say that Squid Game's only getting so much attention because it is a <laughs> it's like a a direct condemnation of modern capitalism. And they're like, well, these people, they were, they are, are able to choose to play, but they're in such terrible uh, positions that if they didn't choose to play, what other options would they have? Their life is going to be over anyway. So it's a, um, you know, a condemnation of that, that thinking style as well. So maybe that's why it's getting so much attention or maybe, Netflix has just gotten its algorithm so correct in this moment, uh, just like a, a Tiger King. It's something that has just hit the zeitgeist in a way that has really found a broad appeal to this very specific niche or brand of entertainment. I, I love it. I, I, I am a big fan of those kind of anime. I'm a big fan of those kind of manga and those kind of stories. And I don't know. They just they they challenge what. Uh, you your perception is of humanity and you know the depths people will sink to when their lives are on their line or when their family's lives are on the line or you know when uh they're 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 met with like some of those more animal inclinations that are oftentimes hidden in a polite regular society so that's <laughs> that's squid game go watch squid game if you haven't let me know what you think about it i i think it's really cool uh, so far, uh, a couple more articles here. No, I'm just one. I just got one more headline. Microsoft's Connect is back thanks to Sky's new all-in-one TV. So apparently there is a TV manufacturer, Sky. Never heard of them myself, but they do have cameras in the TV and they have made exclusive partnership partnerships <laughs> partnerships with Microsoft, which. Uh, allows Microsoft to utilize those cameras um, for some of their some of their games. And I think that would be great if the Kinect could make a comeback, not just in this TV, but in all TVs. And I know a lot of people that are very, very paranoid uh, or want to want to think they still have some semblance of privacy, which you don't, by the way. If you think you have some privacy, if you're online at all, if you're listening to this podcast on a smartphone, you don't. Just get over it. We are in George Orwell's 1984. Just don't even don't even stress it. But if these things could make a comeback in all TV, 
And then we could have uh, Microsoft, we could have Sony, we could have Stadia, we could have Luna, we could have any of these other gaming platforms make use of this technology that's already available in the TV because I thought that was such a cool thing. The VR is neat, but you got to hold these little things. The Sony Move controllers with the little light bulbs on the end are neat, but this was a thing that you could just stand in front of a TV and it would capture your body and it would capture your body's movements. There's a game that I played called Kung Fu. That wasn't Kung Fu Hustle. That was the movie. It was Kung Fu High Impact. And it was a game that it just shrunk your, your character down. It just shrunk yourself down and you fought all these little guys on the screen. My kids loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. And I think if TVs had that functionality built into them, similarly to the way TVs have the functionality of showing moving pictures on screen, you know, that's a technology that Xbox and PlayStation count on in order to get their, get their games across to our senses, right, into our heads, then I think uh, game development could take some really cool turns uh, if all of these companies had access to that kind of te technology. Okay, and that is uh, the end of the uh, the news articles that I wanted to talk about. Like I said, I will do a separate news show, not this week. I've got uh, too much stuff going on this week. This week, blah, blah, blah. got too much stuff going on in my own mouth. I can't get the words out correctly. But maybe next week I'll do. Maybe I'll dedicate my show next week to the Tokyo Game Show. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that, that stuff is out there. If you're interested in hearing about it before I talk about it, uh, you can go find it out there. But some upcoming game releases that we have. Well, we just have Far Cry 6 came out today. If you're a Far Cry 6 fan, if you're an Ubisoft fan, I heard someone talking about Ubisoft games and they're like, I can handle one Ubisoft game a console generation. <laughs> There's too many quests. There's too many things to do. And after you start looking at them, you look at Far Cry, you look at Assassin's Creed, they all, they're very cookie cutter in the way that you go out and do these quests and all the markers on the screen and everything else. So Far Cry 6 came out uh, today. Go, go check that out. It's on everything. It looks like, nope, it's not on Nintendo switch. What is GS Google Stadia? Oh, so it is coming to Google Stadia. Tetris Effect Connected is uh, coming out tomorrow on Nintendo Switch. Metroid Dread also on Nintendo Switch tomorrow. Uh, very excited to see what people think of, of that one. Uh, some games coming up. Uh, we have Back for Blood coming out on October 12th on everything sans the Switch. Monster Crown on October 12th on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. So that's, a, I guess strictly last gen uh title rift breaker oh the rift breaker it's coming out on uh, playstation 5 xbox series x and pc so a solid uh next gen title there on october 14th then on october 15th we're getting the crisis remastered trilogy one that anthony will be very excited about he'll want to uh Put it on his PC and soup the graphics up like he likes to talk about. That's on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. And then October 15th, we're also getting Demon Slayer, Kometsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles on PlayStation uh, 4 and 5, Xbox Series and 1, and PC. And then also on October 5th, we're getting NHL 2022 for big hockey fans on uh, next and last generation consoles. No, no mention of PC or Nintendo Switch. But that is it for the news. I did it. I made it all the way to the end. I'm surprised that I made it all the way to the end. Now I can get back uh, onto TikTok. I can get back uh, <laughs> into checking my financial statements while I edit the thing and take another four hours to do that. Hopefully it'll be up today. If it's up on October 7th, you did it. You... Uh, you got this thing fresh out of the oven, fresh out of my mouth into your ears. But stay tuned tomorrow for the Friday show. I've got one of those uh, episodes that I recorded with Anthony tomorrow. It's a good one. We talk about uh, Shang-Chi. We talk about um, the Eternals. I think we talk about 
the Hawkeye trailer as well. All, all Marvel stuff tomorrow on the Friday show. Tune into that one. Uh, then on today's episode, The Weekend Wire and Monday Madness. If you want to financially support me and send me $30, I will make another one of these shows for you next week. <laughs> if you don't want to send me $30, but you do want to help me out, there's some things you can do. You could share this podcast episode with someone that you think would enjoy it that needs to be filled in on uh, some video game news. You could leave us a review. That would help us incredibly, especially on a place like Apple Podcast or really whatever streaming platform that you're listening to it on. Um, and if you could do it with like four or more stars, like that would be amazing. If you think I deserve less than that, then just move move about your way. I'll adjust it later. You write the review and I'll adjust. You write the review, I'll read the review. Then you call me and then I'll get back to you and I'll tell you whether that was the right amount of stars to give it and then you can adjust it as <laughs> as i see fit not as you see fit uh, you can also get in contact with the show at culture jacked on facebook twitter instagram you can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com it'd be a great way to get in contact with the show to have us talk about topics that you are interested or passionate about or in some cases have your question have your little statement that you delivered to us uh, featured here on the Culture Jack podcast. But that is all that I have for the episode today. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Culture Jack News Desk. That's the news, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>